Um, it is a great privilege and an honor to me to be able to come here and speak to you. And before I begin, I'd like to uh, bring you personal thanks. I see you have it in the bulletin, and it has been brought to your attention already, but personal thanks from Fletcher. He wants to thank you very much for all what you folks have done to help uh, him. What kind of message would you like to hear this morning? Would you, do you just want to hear some uh, smooth things that will tickle your itching ears? Or would you like to hear some of the straight testimony of the Word of God? Hey, praise the Lord. Uh, By His grace, I hope to give some of that. We do know what the Lord wants. He wants us to listen to him and follow him. And that's the nutshell of what our message is about this morning. I have some serious questions uh, for us to consider, uh, think about this morning. First off, play-acting Christianity. What is an actor? According to the dictionary, uh, it says an actor is one who acts. That's profound, isn't it? Um, A doer. Uh, The second definition is what we more commonly think of when we think of the term actor one who represents a character in a dramatic production, a theatrical performer, one who behaves uh, as if acting a part. And number three, one that takes part in any affair. All right? That makes us all actors, by the way. Uh, These definitions apply to any person performing any action, good or bad, right or wrong. We're all actors in our Christian experience. So the question this morning is, what kind of actor am I? What kind of actor are you? Are we only pretenders of godliness make-believe Christians? Are we only the professed people of God, Christians in name only? Are we only play-acting our so-called Christianity? Let us pray. Our loving Father, As we come before your throne of grace this morning, we plead for your Holy Spirit not just to be in this place, but to dwell in our hearts. We need the instruction that you have to give us this morning, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
You may want to turn to Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. We'll be in Timothy just for a little bit. I will be hitting uh, a lot of texts this morning, most of which you will not have time to look up. Uh, but I'll try to give you the reference so that you can, those who want to write it down, may. Second um, Timothy chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, 1 through 5. Uh, from there, we'll go to Second Timothy 4, 1 through 4. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, it says, This know also that in the last days... Perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those who are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Sounds like the headlines today, doesn't it? Heard anything like that lately? It says they have a form of godliness. The New Living Translation, which I really like, puts it this way. It says they will act religious. But they deny the power thereof, and God's instruction to you and I is from such turn away. Go over that list again. You and I are to turn away from it. Or are we just play acting? Second Timothy 4. One through four, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That they is appealing to you and I. And we have a choice in this matter. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers because they have itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Have we seen any of that? Have we seen people who have had a grasp and understanding of truth And through the turmoil and the trials in life, turn away from the truth. Brothers and sisters, it's the only place we have any hope is in the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15, this is the instruction to you and I, study. It doesn't say read, 
We sit down and read a newspaper and cast it aside, and you may remember some little thing you read, but most of it's gone. Sad to say, that's the way a lot of us read the Scripture. But the Scripture says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Lots of people divide the word of truth. But the instruction is to rightly divide the word of truth. We're to be like the Bereans in Acts 17.11. They were more noble than the Thessalonians in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Are we like Bereans? It is our choice. It's my choice. It's your choice. Jesus warns us in Matthew 24, 4, Take heed that no man deceive you, no matter who he is. John 10, 27, our scripture reading. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them because they follow me. That's the voice we're to learn to listen to and pay attention to. It is the thoughts of the heart that come out as words and actions. And I'm going to talk about each one of these aspects, thoughts, heart, words, actions. We're going to talk about each of those here for a little bit. The heart, Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. What does that say? You remember that. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. In another translation, it says, I examine the secret motives. That's the reins. We don't get that out of the King James, but that's what it means. I examine the secret motives. Even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Psalm 51.10, you're, you're familiar with this one, create in me. Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. We go back to Genesis uh, chapter 6 and verse 5 where it says this, you know, coming right up just before uh, the Lord says he's got to destroy this whole world. What a sad case. Just just not so long after creation, everything was perfect. And then you get this, Genesis 6, 5. 
six chapters from the beginning. Wow. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. What a line of adjectives. Is there anything like that around us today? Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's amazing. It ought to make you and I sit up and take note of our own experience. And then cry out, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Matthew 15, 18 through 20 says, Those things which proceed out of the mouth, our words, come forth from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands, that doesn't defile anybody. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me. Is this your prayer? Is this my prayer this morning? And lead me in the way everlasting. Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world. We look around. You know, we're told by beholding we become changed. What are we beholding? What are we spending our time with, associating our minds with? By beholding, we do become changed. And it says, be not conformed to this world. In order to be not conformed to this world, it means we're going to have to behold something else. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And again, I like the New Living Translation. It puts that this way. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature, all things, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
All of us ought to say praise the Lord for that promise. That promise is good for you this morning. It's good for me. That says, Jerry, you can be a new person in Christ Jesus this morning. And all that old garbage is passed away. Praise God for his promises. You know, do we just read these promises and pass over them, or do we think about them? That's good for me. That's good for you. And that ought to pull from the heart some praise to God that he loves me that much to give me, to make me all new in him. Matthew 12, 33 through 37. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is, is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers. By the way, this, this is Jesus talking here. Wow. I thought he was really loving. He is loving. He is reaching out, trying to get their attention. Uh, Many of these right here that he was talking to were the religious leaders who thought they had it all together. Oh, generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his treasure brings forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. It's your choice. It's my choice of what's in the heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Matthew 15, 8 and 9. This people, they draw nigh unto me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Well, that's not us, though, is it? Let's get a little closer. What does Jesus have to say about our actions or what we do? Or not do? Matthew, uh, 
Matthew 7. You can turn to Matthew 7, but I'm going to hit a short verse. Luke 6, 46 says, And why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Why do you call me Lord? You know, your landlord tells you what you can do with his land, with his property. Jesus is our landlord. And we call him Lord. Matthew 7, 21 through 27. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? In your name have cast out devils, and in your name we've done many wonderful good things, many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Or in another translation, uh, you who are lawless. Because that's the real meaning of iniquity, lawlessness. Oh, but Lord. We, uh, we've been teaching doctrines, the doctrines of, and commandments of men in your name. Lots of things done in Jesus' name all around us. God forbid that it's here. But in my life, What kind of message am I giving? Verse 24. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. He hears the word of God and he follows. He does what he he says. Verse 26. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does not do them shall be likened unto a foolish man. Again, it's your choice. It's my choice this morning whether I'm going to follow him, I'm going to hear, and I'm going to do what he says. All of this talk about doing works. You know, Seventh-day Adventists are accused of being on a works trip, trying to work their way into heaven. So let's just take a few moments and deal with that.
Ephesians 2, 8. Ephesians 2, 8 is commonly used. Once in a while, verse 9 is used. But very seldom is verse 10 added. And if we want the straight testimony of the word of God, we want the whole thing. And so let's look at it just a little bit here. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. By the way, what is the that referring to? Some say, well, it's it's, uh, faith. Well, just to save time. See, if I were teaching a class, I would ask you to uh, explain this. The that is the whole package. Is grace, is God's grace a gift to you and I? Yeah. Is uh, being saved a gift from him? Yeah. How about faith? It's the whole package. That's what the that means. Uh, I spend time with this because it's critically important. It's easy to read it quickly through, and we don't think it over. I want you to get it. The whole package is the that is not of yourself. There's none of this of you or of me, our doing. Not of works. It says it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. All right. That settles that, and that's where a lot of people stop that claim to believe in this grace of God and the faith and salvation through him. It's all him. It's not you. Not anything you do. That is very true. There's not of works at all, lest any man should boast. However... What did God go on to say to you and I? Verse 10. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them to get saved. Is that what it said? No, thank you. We were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That's what we're created for. Not to get saved. We can't work for it. No matter what we do. It's a gift. You can't work for a gift. And it's all a gift. God's grace and the faith he gives us to receive the gift of salvation that he offers to you and I. And because we love him, we're going to see that in a little bit. We do lots of good things. By the way, if you do a study on faith, just take the word faith, look in the concordance, in the back of your Bible, or get the big one, Strong's, and look them all up. Uh, You will find out some very interesting information regarding your salvation. Uh, Just two quick ones. Uh, Revelation 2.10, the last phrase says, 
um, be faithful unto death, then I will give thee a crown of life. Uh, Hebrews eleven six. without faith it is impossible to please God. We must have faith. And that faith is a gift of God. It's not something you work for. You can exercise it and strengthen it. Okay, James 1, uh, verses 19 through 27. I'm going to touch just 22 and 26. It says, verse 22 says, um, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. If any man among you seem to be religious... verse 26, and bridles not his tongue, but deceives his own heart, that man's religion is vain. May God help you and me. Galatians 5, 6, the last phrase again. This is what we need. Faith which worketh by love. That's the King James rendering. Faith which worketh by love. You see, faith is not enough by itself. Uh, uh, James 2 talks about faith without works is dead. We need faith that works. But faith that works is not enough. Lots of people have faith that works. We need faith that works by the right motivation. And if that motivation isn't from love to God because of his love for us, it's all wrong. We must make sure that our faith is motivated. We do the things we do because of love for God. Notice what Jesus said in John 14. 23 and 24, you're acquainted with verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments, right? 23 and 24, uh, I like, gives us both sides of the same coin. First off, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man loves me, he will keep my words. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? On the other side of the coin, notice what it says, verse 24, He that loves me not, keepeth not my sayings. If you love him, you will do what he says. If you don't love him, you won't do what he says. Could we say that another way? If I'm not doing what he says, what does that say about my love? If the word of God is in the heart, it will change our thoughts, our words, and our actions. So again, my sheep hear my voice. I know them because they follow me. Proverbs 4 
verses 20 through 27. Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they, my words, my sayings, for they are life unto those who find them. And health to all their flesh. You know, Jesus said in uh, John six sixty three. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You want life? You want the spirit of God in you? That's where to get it, right in his word. Keep your heart, um, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from you the uh, froward, the deceitful mouth and the perverse lips put far from you. Let your eyes look right on and let your eyelids look straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established, established in his word. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove your foot from the evil. That's for you and I to do. God doesn't come down and Turn me around. He says, I can do that. I've given you that power to turn around, to make a choice. And I'll give you the power to live it. Acts of the Apostles, page 518. Just before this quotation, and I wish I had time to read this to you, First uh, Peter 1, 3 through 9 is quoted, and then there's this statement. The apostles' words were written for the instruction of believers in every age, and they have a special significance for those who live at the time when the end of all things is at hand. Are we near that? Do you believe we're near that? Then these words are for you and me. First uh, Peter three, or First Peter one three through nine. His exhortations and warnings and his words of faith and courage are needed by every soul who would maintain his faith steadfast unto the end. The apostle sought to teach the believers how important it is to keep the mind from wandering to forbidden themes or from spending its energies on trifling subjects. Those who would not fall a prey to Satan's devices must guard well the avenues of the soul. It'll spell it out here for you. They must avoid reading, seeing, or hearing that which would suggest impure thoughts. 
I don't know how much time you spend before the tube, but there's not much pure thought that come across there. You think about it. You're answering to God. How much time do you do that by comparison with studying his word? The mind must not be left to dwell at random upon every subject that the enemy of souls may suggest. The heart must be faithfully sentineled, or evils without will awaken evils within, and the soul will wander in darkness. Peter says, gird up the loins of your mind. We must guard well the avenues of the soul. Here's how to do it. Jeremiah 15, 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. You and I today, we even claim it ourselves, but you and I today are called Christians. I claim to be a Christian. I've been play acting way too long. Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. That's by memorization. You hide it in your heart by spending time with it. There is no shortcut. You can't turn it on in a half hour of excitement on the edge of your seat and get it. It will not, does not work that way. Like any relationship here or heavenly, it takes time if you're going to build a good relationship. Hebrews 8.10, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. What happens if he writes it in your mind, in my heart? If he writes it in my heart, what? how will that affect the way I live? Please, God, write it in our minds, write it in our hearts. Matthew 22, 37 through 39 Jesus said unto him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
God wants to write his law of love in your heart so that it becomes your very character. But if I don't take time with him, he has a hard time doing that. God is searching for people who will be genuine believers, people who will love him enough to actually do what he says and to endure and be faithful unto the end, even until death. And his promise is, I will give thee a crown of life. In closing here, I have two statements I'd like to read. Volume 9, page 23. All who would enter the kingdom of God must during their earthly life set forth Christ in their dealings. It is this that constitutes them the messengers of Christ, his witnesses. They are to bear a plain, decided testimony against all evil practices. Try Isaiah 58.1. Pointing sinners to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He gives all who receive him power to become the sons of God, John 1. Regeneration is the only path by which we can enter the city of God. It is narrow, and the gate by which we enter is straight. That narrow way, that gate, is Jesus Christ. You can read it in John 10, in John 14. John 14, 6, I am the way. I am the only way. The only truth and the only life. Is he too hard to find? No, he's not. Most of the world doesn't take time. They're too wrapped up in doing the things they're doing to have time for him. I'll get to that later. You know, we never know when the when our day is up. In our Sabbath school class this morning, some of us talked about some of that. Young people, 32 years old, gone. 47 years old, heart attack. You and I don't know when our last breath is taken, our last heartbeat. Let's make the choices today. It's eternal blessings that he has for you and I as a gift. You see? But along it, we are to lead men, women, and children, teaching them that in order to be saved, we must have a new heart and a new spirit. The old hereditary traits of character must be overcome. The natural desires of the soul must be changed. All deception, all falsifying, all evil speaking must be put away. The new life which makes men and women Christ-like is to be lived. Last one, volume 5 of the Testimonies, page 222. There must be a revival of the straight testimony. I heard some say at the beginning they wanted to hear some of the straight testimony. 
There must be a revival of the straight testimony. The path to heaven is no smoother now than in the days of our Savior. All our sins must be put away. Every darling indulgence that hinders our religious life must be cut off. The right eye or the right hand must be, um, must be sacrificed if it causes us to offend. Five times, are we willing to renounce our own wisdom and to receive the kingdom of heaven as a little child? Are we willing to part with self-righteousness? Are we willing to give up our chosen worldly associates Association has a great influence on us. Are we willing to give it up? Are we willing to sacrifice the approbation or applause of men? The prize of eternal life. You want it? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You want it? The prize of eternal life is of infinite value. Will we put forth efforts and make sacrifices proportionate to the worth of the object to be attained? Well, Lord, I just don't think about it enough. Draw a line across, across the room here. Put your finger down on the line right there. And where your finger covers represents your whole life. That's your whole life. That's eternity past. That's eternity future. And God wants to give you that if you will give him this little spot. Think about it. You can do this when you're sitting on the toilet thinking about things. You can do this with your friends. It's easy to comprehend. Jesus came and died for you and I that we might have eternal life. It's infinite value. And we get wrapped up under this end of my finger. That's where my life is. May God help you and I to see it from his perspective a little better. So will we now choose to stop play acting and be genuine actors in our Christian experience? And I close with John 10, 27 and 28. My sheep... Hear my voice. They listen to me. And I know who they are because they follow me. Verse 28. And I give unto them. I give unto them who listen and follow. Eternal life. 
and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And dear Lord, we praise your name that in times like these, we have a Savior. His name is Jesus. Amen.